I mentioned a few weeks ago, or maybe it was not that long ago, but I mentioned that we were going to have a lesson on walking in the light. And so I started looking at 1 John, and I thought, well, you know, maybe we'll just take a look at the whole book. So if you would, uh, turn over to 1 John, because I think there's a lot of interesting things that are there uh, in that book, because the central theme of 1 John is that of knowing. And when you look at 1 John, you can see a lot of things that God wants us to be sure and know about uh, regarding our salvation and our relationship and how we should live our lives. It's interesting when you look at 1 John and you look at the book of John that they kind of start off in a similar manner, pointing out that Jesus came to this earth and that He showed Himself and that uh, He had a purpose for being here. And so knowing that, uh, the, this book is uh, kind of referred to, or I've seen it referred to, as a book of knowledge. And it certainly is when you start examining the references concerning knowing, those word, that word knowing. And so I want to look at several different things that we should know uh, concerning God's Word and what He's promised to us tonight. First one I want us to look at, we are told to know God. And we can know Him, or we can know that we know Him by what the Bible teaches us. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says, Hereby we do know that we love Him, or we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. And so if we're claiming that we know God, then one of the things that should be re re uh, relevant in our lives should be our desire to do what God wants us to do. And as I said this morning, it's not enough just to know the truth. We have to put it into action in our lives. And so we keep His commandments by understanding them, knowing them, and then following through on what the Scripture says. And really, it's very important that we keep His commandments. It's important that we know God. Why? Because in our Scripture reading tonight, what did it say in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7-9? through 9, To you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels taking, uh, in, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if we don't know God when the Lord returns, then we're going to be lost. And we don't want that to be the, the case in any one of our lives. And certainly we, we see people out in the world that need to hear this truth. That we need to know God. That that means that we need to be obedient to His will. Because when the Lord does come, there's going to be a price to pay if we have not been found uh, to know Him. So how can I know if I know Him? Well, there's a way to determine if I really know Him. And as it says in First uh, John chapter 2, verses 3-4, through 4, that we keep His commandments. If I know God, if I am close to God, if I'm abiding with God, why would I want to do something opposite of what He wants me to do? And so we need to understand the importance of knowing uh, that we are known of Him. We know when He returns or when the Lord returns that there, that's some, something that's very important, the utmost important um, importance of being known by God. So how do we know we know Him? By following and obeying His commands. And it's possible to claim to know Him and yet deny Him by our works. Because it tells us in Titus chapter 1, and verse 16, they profess to know that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. So again, people may say, I love God, I love His Word, I love Him, but the evidence shows when we're doing things contrary to His will that we really don't love those things. That that's not important to us. 
And so as a Christian, our desire is to be Christ-like. And so we want to be like our like Christ when He says, I'm about my Father's business. That should be our desire also to be about our Father's business. And as a Christian, we don't want to go against the things that His Word teaches us. We want to follow those things. And so remember the importance of all of this as it tells us in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, that we should know the truth. And the truth shall make us free. That truth is something that is very important. God's Word is truth. It amazes me sometimes when people claim to follow God's Word. And then you show them what the Bible says, and what they're doing is contrary to what God's Word says, and yet they will say, oh, well, you know what, I, I just feel I'm doing what's right. Well, if it's contrary to God's Word, it's wrong. If it's contrary to what God tells us to do, or we fail to, we fail to do what He tells us to do, or we're doing something that He's told us not to do, how can we say that we know God and that we love God and that we care about Him and His Word. Second point is uh, we need to. We also can talk about knowing the righteousness of God. In First John chapter two and verse twenty nine, what does it say? If you know that He is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of Him. How do we know what is right? Do I get to determine what's right, and you get to determine what's right? Again, we looked at a passage of Scripture this morning where the children of Israel, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Well, is that the way God expects us to live our Christian life? Well, certainly not. We know what righteousness is because God has told us what is right. And when we do those things, that's practicing righteousness. And God's Word reveals those things to us and helps us to know what we should do in this life. And so the value of this is that if we know Him, then we know that those who are righteous are those who are born of Him, as we see in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 29. Uh, thus the emphasis again is placed upon the necessity of obeying Him. Obedience is something that is important. Salvation is for those who obey Him, obey Christ. And without obey, obedience, then guess what? We're disobedient if, we, if we're doing the opposite. And how can we expect to have that home in heaven if we're disobedient to what our Lord wants us to do? And so it's important that we see the necessity for obedience. And then we're told about knowing what we will be like. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, that we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. There again, when the Lord returns, what are we going to be like? What are we going to be changed into? How is that going to happen? Well, a lot of things we don't know. But from this passage of Scripture, we know that we will be like Him. And that should be something of comfort to all of us. But who will those be that are in that situation? Well, verses 3 and 4 of chapter 2 tells us, "...and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure." Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. 
So we mentioned this morning that when we come up out of the, the grave of baptism, when we come up out of that water, we're a new creature. We have repented of our sins. We've turned away from that life. And now we put our trust and faith in God and we continue to grow as a Christian. And part of that is purifying ourselves. The blood of Christ cleanses us, but there may be old habits in our lives that it's hard to break and we have to continually work on those things. And so that is important for all of us to realize that we need to take care of our sin, that we need to stop doing those things because that is a violation of God's Word. And so we can know that we, <clears throat> what we'll be like and we can know who will be in that situation to know uh, what we're going to be uh, when the Lord returns. We further are told that about knowing about being born again. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth not or abideth in death. And so as a Christian, again, we've gone from one situation to a new situation. That we've gone from a lost condition into a saved condition. Part of that purification is we don't have hate in our heart in our heart in our hearts. And that we have gone from death. We're now made alive as a Christian. We've, uh, we've uh, you know, the scripture kind of refers to sin as a death. That when we're in that condition, if we want to get out of that condition, and when we do, we are made alive. We're quickened, as some of the scriptures teach us. And so we pass from life to death, and we know that because we have a love for God's people. We have a concern for the lost. We want to help them to see what they need to see and hear what they need to hear in order to become a child again. But again, what we see in that passage of Scripture is that love is the condition. As a child of God, we need people need to be able to see the love that we have for their soul. You know, Jesus said you know, uh, <clears throat> that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, there it shows us God's love. And God's love is extended to all people. Those that love Him, those that hate Him, those that deny His existence. He still sent His Son to die for their sins. Why? Because He loved them. And sometimes we look out there in the world and we may see people that we think aren't worthy of being a Christian. That's not for us to decide. We plant a seed. We plant a seed in the hearts of men. And that heart, sometimes that seed germinates and it ends up producing someone that will, uh, will become a Christian. But that's something that is uh, important for us to realize. We pass from death unto life. And that should give us encouragement. That should motivate us to live that Christian life. <clears throat> Later we're told about knowing why Christ came to this earth. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, Ye know that ye, He was manifested to take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. Jesus was that perfect sacrifice. The Bible tells us that He came to this earth to seek and to save that which was lost. That was His purpose. We sing songs about it. We talk about it. We pray about it. All of those things, we realize that Jesus came to take away our sins. We're thankful for that. He was that perfect sacrifice. And so we know why Jesus came to this earth. To save mankind. 
Then in 1 John 3 and verse 19, we're told about knowing that we are of the truth. It says in that passage of Scripture, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. But how do we know this? How do we know that that uh, what that passage is telling us? Well, First John chapter three and verse eighteen, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So, how do we know that we are of the truth? When we hear that truth, we put it into action. It's not just talk. It's not just words that we say. It's the things also that we do. Certainly when we're living that Christian life, it's a good example. And every one of us should be a good example. But we also have to open our mouth and tell people that good news about Jesus Christ. And so it's not just in our uh, with words or our tongue, but it's in deed. And the other thing that's important is that it's in truth. The truth is important because it's the truth that will make us free. It's the only thing that can make us free. But also notice the results of this in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 6. And we know and believe the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. You see, as a Christian, there are some things that we're supposed to hate. We're supposed to hate sin. We don't want sin in our lives. That doesn't mean that we can't separate the sin from the sinner. We need to understand that that, that, that sinner may be doing things that are awful. They may be doing things that are despicable and disgusting, but yet we need to also realize there's a soul there. And when we realize that there's a soul there, it will help us to motivate, be motivated to try to save that soul. There's no one out there in the world that is not worthy of hearing the Gospel of Christ. As awful as they may talk about God and, and His Word, they still deserve to be able to hear that Word. They still deserve an opportunity to hear the Gospel of Christ. And so, we need to understand how important it is to share that good news because we love their soul. We may not love what they're doing, but we need to be able to separate their actions from their soul, from that person. And that will help us to be able to teach them the truth in their life. We're also told about knowing that God hears and answers prayers. Prayer is something that's very important to the Christian because we realize that that's how we communicate with our Father in heaven. And in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of Him. Isn't it amazing that the God of this universe is willing to listen to your prayers? To listen to you your, 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 as you pour out your heart to Him. When you tell Him your needs and your desires and, and your thanksgiving and your praise, all of those things are important. And sometimes we may look out there and we say, is He listening? Well, maybe He's asking us, are we listening? Because maybe sometimes we don't get the answer that we want as quick as we want. Or maybe the answer that we want because we're not asking according to His will. You see, sometimes we need to examine our motives of what, why we're asking for what we're asking for. 
Because sometimes it's more of a selfish desire than it is really motivated by a pure motive of love. And so examine your heart. Examine your life. Ask yourself, why am I asking God for what I'm asking for? Is it because of selfishness? Is it because of greed? You say, well, I'm talking to God. I certainly wouldn't have those thoughts in my mind. Sometimes we deceive ourselves. And that's where we need to examine our hearts. That we know He'll hear our prayers and that He'll answer our prayers, but we need to ask according to His will. So don't be asking for things that we know that He's not going to give us because it's contrary to His Word. But ask in faith because we know that He hears the prayers of a righteous man. And in connection with knowing that we have eternal life, First John chapter five and verse four or thirteen tells us, "These things have I written that ye <clears throat> unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God." So many times, uh, Christians, I think, walk around in doubt. We're afraid to say for sure that we have eternal life, that we have a home in heaven. And I know sometimes we mean to, we, we want to be humble, but we also need to realize that we should have confidence that we can boldly go before the throne of God when we pray. But these things are written. What are they written for? So that we'll know that we have eternal life. And just like we can know all of these other things that we're talking about, we know that we can have eternal life. We see the confidence that the Apostle Paul's had <coughs> When he said he'd fought a good fight, he finished his course, he'd kept the faith. And he knew that there was a crown of life laid up for him. And that same crown of life is laid up for us if we're faithful to him. And so take confidence in what we learn from these passages of Scripture because we can know for sure that we have eternal life. Sometimes we doubt it because we see all of our shortcomings. We look at our own lives and we know that we're not always doing what we should. That we give in to temptation. We give in to sin too often. And we need to understand that we need to be dead to sin. Turn away from that sin and stop doing it. But God has given us the things that we need so that you and I can be confident. And when we talk to someone about their salvation, that we're confident about our own salvation so that we can share it with others. We're also told that knowing God demands godly living. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, it says, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touched him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. The world is full of sin. And we realize that as a Christian, our desire is to avoid sin. And so we don't go in in places or do things that we sometimes know will lead us to sin. You may be able to talk to someone that I may not be able to talk to because of uh, you know I may be tempted in one way that you may not be. But we need to understand that we all have a responsibility, and if we have a weakness, we need to work on that so that we can overcome it and share the gospel with people that are lost. And then finally, we're told about knowing the Son of God, knowing that He has come. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 20, 
And ye know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is a true God and eternal life. We know that Jesus has come to this world. John states that in the beginning of the book, in the beginning of, of John also, of the, the, the Gospel of John. We see He talks about Jesus coming to this earth. We know He came. We know that He lived and He died on the cross for our sins. And all of those things are important for us to know. And those things that are written in God's Word are written so that we can believe and so that we can know that our salvation is sure. That Jesus Christ was the Messiah and is the Messiah and He came to save us from our sin. And so remember that 1 John chapter 3 and verse 5 uh, told us why Jesus came, and that was to take away our sins. He came to this earth to die on the cross for you and me. That's only a partial list of some of the things that we can learn from this book of knowledge. And hopefully as we go through this book and through this study, it will help us uh, to understand the things that we as Christians should know and be confident about. God doesn't want us to have a blind faith. He doesn't want us to live a life in, in, in doubt. He wants us to have the assurance that we are faithful to Him. And that comes when we're obedient to His will, knowing that He is the Son of God, or that God is the Father, and that His Son is the Son of God, who had been promised all the way back from the beginning of time. So the question is, are you a product of knowing the right things? Do you know what the Bible teaches? Are you a Christian based upon what God's Word says? And are you living that Christian life based upon what God's Word says? And if the Lord came tonight, do you have the confidence that you would be saved? How do we know? How can you know that you're saved? When you compare your life to this book, you'll know whether or not you're doing what the Bible tells us that we need to do. And so the question is, are you a product of knowing what is right? Because remember the words of Jesus in John chapter 8 and verse 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Kind of a short sermon tonight, but I think that it shows us something that we can learn from this book, and hopefully as we go through this book, we will uh, come to an understanding of all of these things that the Bible shows us that John wanted us to know through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so tonight we realize that Jesus came and He died on the cross. And if you're not a Christian, you need to understand that He came to die for your sins so that you could have that home in heaven, so that you could have that forgiveness of sin, so you could call God your Father. And Jesus tells us what we need to do in order to be saved. We need to believe, for one. And we need to repent of our sins and confess the name of Christ before men and then be buried with our Lord in baptism. And if you're not a Christian, then that's what you need to do because that's what the Bible teaches us we need to do. Now, I know that there's a lot of people out there that says you don't have to do some of those things. But the Bible says you do. And the question is, do you believe the truth of God's Word or do you want to believe your feelings or what someone's told you? God's Word is honest. It's truth. And we can rely upon that Word. And then we have confidence that we have that home in heaven in the hereafter. So tonight, if you need to respond to the invitation, you can come and have a seat up here on the front row. You have that opportunity while we stand and sing.